you know, warriors stand up for the innocent. The real heroes are the ones that are out there defending the innocent, the voiceless. That's free-running parkour artist legend Timothy Sheath this week on the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rich Roll. What do we do here? Well, each week, I sit down with the best and the brightest, the most interesting paradigm-busting minds across all categories of health, diet, wellness, lifestyle, fitness, nutrition, the arts, entrepreneurship, and spirituality. Why do I do this? To help you unlock and unleash your best, most authentic self. So I appreciate you dropping in. Uh, It's been an extraordinary week for us. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that our new book, The Plant Power Way, just came out this past week, and I'm overwhelmed with all the early feedback and the support that you guys have given us. This truly has been a community effort, and you guys really rose up and supported us, and I can see that you're enjoying the book, and it, it means so much. I mean, we already have just one weekend, not even one weekend. We already have 72 reviews on Amazon, 71 of which are five-star The other one is a four star, so it's all good. Uh, And just my Instagram feed, like overflowing with pictures of people unboxing the book and preparing recipes from it and just all the kind words that you have shared with us. And it means a lot. It was two years in the making and now it's out in the world and to see you guys kind of enjoying it and embracing it, uh, I just could not have scripted a better outcome. It's been super cool. So thank you. (laughs) It's also been an exhausting week of promotion. You guys are probably sick of me. I was on a ton of podcasts. I just did the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. He's got a huge audience and that was really fun. We did that on Friday. It's already up. I'll put a link in the show notes to that so you guys can check that out. I also did a Reddit AMA and I'll put a link up to that as well. Um, That was really fun. I basically spent an entire day, over six hours, just answering questions, uh, all the questions that kind of come up that we feel generally and hopefully that will be helpful to you. We also had an amazing book party at Skirball. Thank you everybody who showed up for that. We recorded it. It was moderated by our friend Charlie Knowles, who's also been on the podcast. Um, And we had a great kind of Q&A with him and also with the audience. Uh, And then a musical performance uh, by Julie and our boys, as well as Julie's father, who's 91 years old, who accompanied them on harmonica. It was just a beautiful evening. So thank you guys for showing up for that. We recorded the whole thing, and I'm going to release that as a supplemental podcast later this week uh, for those of you who are interested in kind of checking that out. We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, 
the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm going to tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois, fittingly named Go, and it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own NA beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia, and he shared this story with me. I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but basically you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code richroll for 15% off your first purchase. We're brought to you today by Birch. If you're serious about optimizing your sleep, listen up. I've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye, and I can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation. And if your bed is old, if it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is going to be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made, and that, my friends, is a birch mattress. Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic fair trade cotton. Birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands. Kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years, and I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive. And the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. 
I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. Let's just get into today's guest. Great guest. Uh, back for the second time on the show, my friend Timothy Sheaf, otherwise known as Livewire. Timothy is widely considered one of the world's best, if not the best, free runners. In fact, he was the world champion of free running back in 2009. Well, what is free running? It's more commonly referred to as parkour. You know what that is. It's the guys that can seemingly, <laughs> with grace and ease, climb walls and jump off buildings and do all the kind of stuff that you see in the Born Identity movies or the James Bond movies. Uh, and it's a sport, but it's also an art. And for Timothy, he really has a very interesting and unique kind of approach to um, how he pursues his athleticism. It's almost like a physical, quasi-political uh, kind of performance art. And What's most interesting to me is not so much his athletic accomplishments as it is his evolving perspective on life. This is a guy who's a deep thinker. He's highly intelligent. He's very articulate. And he's got a wide range of thoughtful perspectives on a whole panoply of topics and issues. And we get into all of that today. Uh, If you're new to the show, uh, you might want to go back and listen to my first conversation with him. That was uh, episode 86. And you can pick up where we left off. And today we go a little bit deeper. So let's just jump in pun intended, into the fascinating mind of a guy I think is making the world a better place one day at a time. You're a busy guy. You're, you've been quite the world traveler lately. Yeah. I'm all over the place, just following you online. It's crazy. <laughs> Have fun. You travel too, though. I've seen you out in Beirut and things like that. I think that was shortly after the last one, maybe. But Right. Yeah. I went, well, I went, I went through this period where I went to the Middle East, like, I went, I, I think I went three times in a year, which was amazing, you wow, know, yeah. to just see a part of the world that, you know, I just never thought I would ever see, you know, which was really cool. Three times in a year as well. It's weird uh-huh. how you, I went to like China twice in a month. I know, uh, I noticed you were there and then I was like, wait, did he go back or is he just sharing yeah. something that happened from the last time? Exactly, you know? just randomly just back and back for two completely different projects, but the same month mm-hmm. and you have to get a visa every time i know and then japan <laughs> i was in tokyo that was a different project that was beautiful yeah i like tokyo so well let's talk about tokyo for a bit because okay. what 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 intrigued me about that was that it wasn't really a free-running kind of expedition you were making a film with with jack harry's right yeah how do you know jack i know jack i've never met him in person okay. but i know i've followed him for quite a while because of uh my friend casey neistat oh, who's yeah. made films with him and casey's a friend and i was introduced to to jack scap through those guys and yeah. so i've been following what they've been doing for quite a while and i'm just i just love what they put out you know it's like it's He's the quality he, he really is i mean the the videos that they make are so extraordinary and exceptional and and it's a real positive message and the level of quality and what they're doing. I just, I have huge respect for those kids. That guy's spirit. Yeah. He's got such a good energy. Like just carries it with him. Just mm-hmm. no negativity. Like he really is. I don't know if he's come the right upbringing or what, found the right journey. He's just, he's a cool dude. I've not met Finn. So I mean, they're twins. Right. I can't really speak, I know. <laughs> speak for Finn's behalf, but I know Finn is such a, I've met, I have met him once, but I hung out with Jack for a week in Tokyo. Right. How'd you, uh, how'd you hook up with them? So it's through Jamie Oliver. We met at a Jamie Oliver live event and he just remembered 
getting on with me and they were doing a project where it was kind of like a head cam, but it wasn't a GoPro, it was like a full quality head cam. Mm-hmm. And for, I think Finn suggested, why don't you use Tim? Because he wanted to direct, he didn't want to have to be the, mm. the human tripod, he wanted to help direct and look on the monitor. So I don't know, <laughs> amazingly I just popped into their head, so I didn't even have to necessarily do, it wasn't for free running or anything, it was just right. for my kind of character and mannerisms moving around a city in like a playful way. Yeah, he said, get Tim on board. And I, I was more than happy to work with him. Right, it was cool. You had this like makeshift head cam that was manufactured out of a bicycle helmet with like a, looked like a Canon 5D or something like that. Jack made it himself. Big... I can't remember. The, it was a Sony, a really uh-huh. new fancy Sony, but um, he bit, built it himself in his shed and uh, yeah. And so what, you went into the forest and you were hanging out with like the orangutans or the, something the mon- like that. What were you doing? Snow monkeys. So that's in Nagano. So we were in Tokyo for a bit, but we got the bullet train out to Nagano and uh, to Kyoto. And we just got, basically we're trying to make it the most beautiful trip possible um, from the eyes of the person. So one mm-hmm. of the ideas was, yeah, let's go see the snow monkeys. And there's these snow monkeys that live in the mountains and they... It's chill in the hot springs, but there's a hierarchy where some of them families aren't allowed in the hot springs, and kind of the higher ones are, and they fight and squabble. But uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful to behold. Wow, that's cool. So, was it like just a travelogue video, or exactly. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, it's not out yet, right? They're still cutting that. It's probably out by the time this podcast's out. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, what a cool thing. And and for people that are listening who've never heard of Jack's Gap, I mean, you should check mm-hmm. it out. They've got like three and a half million subscribers. It's got to be one of the biggest YouTube channels on YouTube. They are, undeservedly so. Yeah, they should be, right? Like for me, I mean, I noticed that you've really kind of increased the um, consistency uh, with which you're making videos. I mean, I don't. it's not quite like a daily vlog or anything like that, but like you're putting out quite a bit more content since yeah. we it's last It's kind of talk. a weekly, uh, or every time I did a trip, I'd film a vlog on my iPhone mm-hmm. and then just do a quick cut, yeah. Right, right, right. And for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm older than you. Like, maybe it's a generational thing. Like, it's tough for me to, like tap into like watching somebody's daily vlog and there's some really popular ones out there mm-hmm. the, the guys that are friends with jack harry's like mr ben brown and louis cole and guys louis, like that who yeah. are doing really cool work and they're traveling the world and and giving people a glimpse of like this adventuresome lifestyle and i'll pop in and watch one of those once in a while but i can't like there's no way i'm going to do it every day like I'm, I'm too busy but like what 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 jack and finn are doing it's not an everyday thing like everything they put out is of like superior quality they really like put the whole energy their time like weeks months into one project at a time mm-hmm. to make it phenomenal and it shows mm-hmm. cool so uh all right so japan what were you doing in china some guinness world record uh one thing was guinness world record and one was the, a previous guinness world record i did they rebuilt it and it was for a tv show it was me versus some chinese kid who was supposedly some f- fan of me and uh growing up watching my videos and uh-huh. did parkour and so it was like a competition him versus me who would complete this course and there were three like celebrity guests had to guess whether he was going to win I was going to win or it was going to be a draw uh-huh. I think yeah <laughs> what it was happened? crazy it was a draw in the end uh-huh. but it was one of those things where the producers um so it was like I was jumping up these scaffold bars that were kind of you know eight feet apart uh three feet up each one kind of thing mm-hmm. or two feet up and um you had to jump 10 in a row and then turn around and jump back down and the and this kid, he's a really springy kid. My, I've, I'm not, I don't train rails that much as much as I used to. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he was such, a, he's such a springy little Bruce Lee kid. 
And he was great. But then the producers asked me, like, can you uh, fail on purpose to make it dramatic? Because right, you had gonna... 90 seconds to complete. <laughs> and they asked him and he was like, oh, no. And they asked me, I was like, okay. Like, You're going to throw the match. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's Chinese TV. It's like, what does it matter? I'd uh-huh. rather please some people. And, you know, so I failed once on purpose but you had 90 seconds to complete so I failed once on purpose the second time I failed by accident I got like eight bars up four down and I'm like shattered you know and managed to finally do it with five seconds to go and it makes for dramatic tv and the mm-hmm. producers loved it and there's a big like oh you know this kid the student becomes the master and all this he's like, uh, very cool yeah, well, they're gonna, you're gonna have to go back to China now for the big rematch yeah yeah I don't know I don't <laughs> want to do it but but it's, it was whoever if you just completed it you, it counts as a complete it wasn't based on time um, wasn't the fastest win, so it was right. kind of, it worked out as a draw, but it made him look better. So mm-hmm. it was cool. Got it. And what are you doing here in LA? I was in Miami for a Spartan race, my first one. Right. Oh, you did the cruise, right? I want to hear about that. Yeah. So we can talk. I had about a bunch that. of friends on that on did that you? cruise. Yeah. Everybody said it was super fun. Dude, so that I wanted. I've got into running recently, mm-hmm. which we're definitely talking. Yeah, about. we're going to talk about that. Um, and I was like, okay, so I want to do some obstacle course races. You know, I. If I've got any kind of, as my running progresses, the obstacles should be the easy part for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've got to sign up to some Spartan races. That seems like the most common one. Never got around to it. And then suddenly I got an email saying, do you want to come on this cruise? It's a Spartan race. I was like, oh, from Miami. I was like, yeah, we pay my flight. They're like, yep, cool. Pay mm-hmm. my flight, pay for the cruise. Uh, trained for it. Just been running really as my training. Went out mm-hmm. there. It was the most stunning island in the Bahamas. Um, my phone died in Miami right before the cruise. So I went out there with... No phone, uh, and so I, which was such a blessing, really. Like mm-hmm. you know, you know it is like to not have a phone. It's painful, but, but first. it's painful. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, I want to show this. I want to, you know, <coughs> having a good time. But it was a blessing, and I managed to finish. I think there's 900 people did it, and I finished 12th. And apparently, it was a stacked card. Like the people that, that's, the athletes. I was amazing. in the elite group at the at the front. I came 12th, and that particular one because it was a special one-off one. They paid, there was like 50 grand's worth of prize money oh, wow. for the men, 50 grand for the women, up to 50th place got paid. And I wow. managed to make a little $450 that's for 12th cool. place, which is awesome. And this, that's my first one. And if that's, you know, I'm like, cool, I've got to get in. That's my new thing. That's a huge, I mean, it's a huge growing thing here. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, you should check that out. They actually, there's a big one that they do right down the street here. The, the one is in Malibu is like literally like a, a Spartan mile race? down. Yeah, it's a Spartan race. Okay, cool. Because yeah, there's like just a couple of months ago. Warrior Dash, mm-hmm. Battle Frog. There's, it's a growing thing in America, and I'm feeling like as my running improves. I yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah, so I think, uh, who was there? Dean Carnazes was on the cruise. Did you meet him? I watched his talk. Yeah, he gave yeah. a presentation. Uh, ben Greenfield. Oh, t- oh and, uh, and our, our buddy Travis, Travis Brewer. He, was on Travis the was there, yeah. yeah, yeah with mod- cool. his friend Modern Tarzan. Uh-huh. Yeah. They just put yeah. out that video. I put it on my Facebook the other day. Oh, yeah. I'm cruising Hand around standing LA. on the Hand car. Standing on the, in the car LA driving down. I know. Yeah. It's pretty epic. Yeah, there's some real strong athletes, them too. Cool. So, all right, so you've been all over the place. We're going to talk about running in a minute. But, yeah. you know, I'm interested in kind of, uh, you know, the evolution of, of what you're doing. I mean, the last time that you came here um, – you know, you were talking kind of about your advocacy and, and, and your goals and your aspirations for mm-hmm. the movement and your place in it. Mm-hmm. You were contemplating possibly moving to, you know, to Still LA. Still the cause, man. And, uh, and, um, and, uh, and, you know, the kind of message that you want to put out there. And part and parcel of that was sort of this idea of not really um, being competitive in the parkour free running mm-hmm. space. Um, and instead, you know, sort of embracing 
just the lifestyle and the joy of it. And yeah. and I think you've held true to that. I mean, you've done a couple things. I know you did the, there was the European team event that you did. The yeah, Ninja. Ninja Warrior. Again, when I speak about competition, it's more I was against kind of the subjective side of things. When mm-hmm. you're comparing two people's arts, like it's hard, you can't compare two songs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And whereas if it's you versus the course, I feel like that's, for me, the, the only pure competition that there is is you versus yourself, is beating your yesterday. And Against the course, Ninja, I mean, the course changes, but every year I get to come back and see how I've adapted, not only physically, but mentally, because obviously when there's a lot of uh, film crew, people around you, you sit in a flight for 12 hours to get there and everything, you're like, it's in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great challenge to see how all those things improve. And yeah, I was captain of Team Europe in a one-off special on uh, American Ninja Warrior, and we won. We beat right. the Americans and we beat the Japanese. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you broke the, the, the record, right? The course record on stage one. I, right. I beat it by 10 seconds, yeah. So what does that like bring into your life? Like, do, Are there now people mm-hmm. who want you to go and do this and that and you have to make decisions about what you say no to and what you say <laughs> yes to? Isn't, it's never, things like that are never like life-changing. Like the girl Casey, I think her life changed after Ninja Warrior. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that. The mm-hmm. first girl to complete Ninja Warrior course, um, the full thing, and she... Blew up. She went on the Ellen Show and all that, and oh, that wow. that made her massive, and it also made Ninja Warrior mm-hmm. reach this whole another level of. And they just started filming in Venice Beach last weekend. Was the start of the new season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's re- it's really cool, man. I, for me, it's nice when I get to go home. I, I just put the. They sent me a DVD, so I watch it with some friends, and they don't realize like when I travel, what I get up to. You know, mm-hmm. I just hang out with them. I don't really. T- I just say, oh, I did this, I did that, but they don't see. Oh, it's like some big. Right. NBC TV show, like, you know, and, uh-huh. the, and a lot of them have seen the Japanese Ninja Warrior. They never realized that they actually remake it in such a, you know, they put money into it out here. They mm-hmm. do, do, it, they do it properly. It's the seventh season of Ninja Warrior going into and it's half a million prize money for, if someone ever completes it. Right. Yeah. But are you, are you here in LA to do that or no? No, I was coincidentally here. So I was if, yeah. in Miami. I was supposed to go to New Orleans with Jack. Uh, um, yeah, he's there right now. Yeah, right? He, he's just left there to do this the project, but the project changed. They didn't need me in the end, um, and I was more than happy because I've got the UK is doing the first season of Ninja Warrior films next week, mm. from start to finish, first round to last, the final is all within a week. Mm-hmm. So I was in uh, LA, I was in Miami, flew to LA, and my friend is a Ninja Warrior gym in Oakland called Apex Movement in uh, NorCal. And he said, come out here for a training camp. Mm. So I went there, spent five, six days. He's got every single bit of equipment you could imagine for Ninja Warrior set up. So if you're ever around the area or interested in Ninja Warrior, check that place out because right. he does a great job. And I also, while I was there, he's a kind of modern day homeopathic chiropractor. And they did some treatment on me where it's like really soft adjustments, but it's supposed to unlock your muscles. And I did that and there was some light therapy, some really futuristic mm-hmm cool treatment right. that I, I really responded to like I, the laser therapy or what what kind of light therapy it was so they it's kind of like with reflexology with, with your foot there's a point connected to every single part of your body mm-hmm. and with your hand i forget what they call it and in your ears the same there's 19 points in your body like that but so i hold one end of the this thing and it connects to the other and they poke a needle into each part of my fingers and every part represents one part of my body and then mm-hmm. a, a noise goes off and when the pitch drops down it means there's a disconnection with that part of my body there may be an issue there hmm. and so this woman did it and she she brought up a few issues that i i had that i, I didn't tell her any of my issues right, beforehand right. and like uh, i had low adrenaline because i just ran my first marathon um my throat 
I'd, I saw my swollen lymph nodes. Uh, I'd sprained my neck like two weeks before. These little things, and then she gave me treatment for. She takes a bit of my blood, puts it in this copper coil, and then it like I don't know what it does, but it does something. <laughs> and it, it sounds so like yeah. most people super would be like, woo-woo. Yeah, 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 super woo. People would be like what? The? But I respond to it, man. I've came out. You know, I feel better, stronger for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm up for anything when mm. it comes to that kind of stuff to explore yeah. all different kinds of these well, weird remedies. It's, 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 yeah, it's very, I, something in me is like, this is what, I wish people could understand this. Because I yeah. felt like I understood it. And when you're there with the machine and it's going on, you're like, yes. But I, uh, to explain yep. it, it sounds crazy. I, I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Like, I'll match you and take you to the next level yeah. with something I did yesterday. <laughs> I went to this um, woman who has the, she, you know, she, she's a homeopathic medicine doctor, and uh, she has this treatment. I don't even know what it's called, but basically, she hooks up like electrodes around my ankles and around my wrists and around mm. my head. Mm. And there's some machine that, that, from what I understand, like runs electrical current through my body. Yeah. And it runs through some software program or some kind of yeah. like diagnostic. It was like thing. that. Yeah. And then she's looking at her computer screen and, and she's getting these readouts on all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, th- yesterday was my second time. I went a month ago and she was able to identify all these things that were going on with me that I knew were issues, yeah. but I didn't say anything to exactly. her. Like, yeah. you know, oh, I have like a little bit of pain in my right knee and I have a little bit of tightness in my lower back but only on the left side. Like she was like, oh, this is what's going on. Yeah, she knew everything. She's like, you have adrenal fatigue. You have the, you know, she, a whole bunch of stuff because I've been super stressed out and doing too many things. And and then she gave me all these like, you know, herbal, these herbs that I've been taking and, and uh, yeah, like magnesium. And I have like sleep stuff when I get stressed and I don't sleep well. And and it really, it worked. Like my sleep has been better and I feel better. And I went in yesterday. And, but we're electrical beings yeah. before we're chemical beings. Right. And a lot of the doctors tried to treat us on a chemical level or stop symptoms but that is is electrical therapy that you know they they have did they have like copper coils or what it was uh i don't know no it wasn't that i mean i know what you're talking about i've Mm. seen that this was a little bit different but then Mm. yeah it was sort of like okay oh this is going on and then she's tap typing on her keyboard and she's Mm. which is impulsing this machine to send some different kind of current through this system she's like i'm going to work on that right now you know and like when i left i felt amazing you know so it sounds insane you know it sounds like julie went and did this (laughs) a while ago and i was like what are you talking about you know i'm like such a skeptic logical mind but you know when you remain open and you go and do that like you know who are we to say who knows you know what i mean like i think you you know it's it's worth exploring all of these sorts of things and uh and i benefited from it when you're yeah, open-minded yeah. and you can go into these things, like you're obviously slightly skeptical, but you realize that's programmed into a head mm-hmm. and just try and be present and listen to what they have to say and try and feel your body as it's doing it, then you, you learn new things. Yeah, well, you you can only learn when, you, when you're open. You mm-hmm. know, if you're closed off and you think you know what's best and all of that, like yeah. how are you going to learn anything? The more we know, the more we realize we don't know. Right? That's a good place to, to yeah. be, that place of humility, right? Absolutely. So, you know, that's a good place to kind of segue a little bit into, you know, mindfulness and mm-hmm. synchronicity, which is like a video you just made about that. And you kind saw of, that, you know, yeah. where, you're, where you're at, like, yeah. kind of, you know, in your spiritual evolution right now. So synchronicities. So I was in Tokyo. I just signed up for the London Marathon a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I've been training for that. 
um, because I got into running. I was in Tokyo and it was the first time I'd ever seen a marathon. That happened to be on there. And I went and watched that marathon. Then I was in LA two weekends ago and there was the marathon was in LA and I was in Oakland last weekend and the marathon was in Oakland. <laughs> and it's just followed me Everywhere around. Everywhere you go. Yeah, so I tried to sign up yeah. for the LA one and I just missed registration. That mm-hmm. would have been, I wanted to just do a practice run because I'm aiming for, it's a big shout. I started running in uh, the very start of September at the Woodstock Fruit Festival. Mm-hmm. And I want to do a three-hour marathon just to prove the speed of the, this diet can just, you know, shoot you through. Just mm-hmm. you can progress anything you want to do. Um, and just recovery on this diet is unbelievable. So I've, I've mm-hmm. just been finally running has given me something where it's very basic, but basic in a way that I can see the variable. It's measurable. It's measurable. It's much more measurable it's than parkour. Exactly. Yeah. And I love statistics. I, I love mathematics and things like that. So I signed up for my London marathon. I want to get a three-hour marathon just to prove to myself and to whoever gives a fuck but mm-hmm. that, that, that this diet is unbelievable for you know you can change your body so quickly and so i wanted to sign up for the la marathon because you, you can just register at any point and i just missed it but there happened to be one in van nuys on the exact same day <laughs> that, that was like four times cheaper uh-huh. and i just wanted to do the distance and i signed up for it and um turn up at 6 15 a.m pitch black 11 other people on the start line uh-huh. and just cracked out this marathon <laughs> just at a slow pace in van nuys just going around a golf course four yeah. times and it, it was a you know you finish it there's moment on the last lap when you're just like i'm actually like running this distance that's like yeah most was that your run. first time and that was my first time yeah I, yeah I mean i couldn't run 5k uh in september i could barely run 5k like, mm-hmm. and yeah progressed so much i fell in love with it that's great you want me to tell you that story how i fell in yeah love yeah with yeah it? but I, I will say before we get into that is i don't know if it was the same day as that or maybe the day after but mm-hmm. i i saw jackson foster the other day you mm-hmm. know jackson right probably from the woodstock fruit festival oh, okay. a young kid yeah, who's like yeah. super into the movement and everything plantrion plantriotic yeah plantriotic. Yeah. uh and he was like yeah i saw timothy at venice beach He's walking, you know, on the boardwalk <laughs> barefoot. with barefoot, no shirts off, drinking out of a coconut, and, yeah. I, and I was like, "That's the real paleo. Yeah, that's what it's like to live primally, you know, with your feet anchored on the ground, drinking from Dude. nature." And uh, yeah. and I think it was right after you had run that. I just run, no, it was oh, you, the, well, it was, the day, it was the day after. Oh, day after. So it was the day after. So I just ran that, and then I'd run a thirteen kilometers, was it like eight nine miles, eight miles um, up. Venice to Santa Monica uh-huh. and back and just did a workout on the bars, ran back and I literally just left, I was standing at my friends in Abbot Kinney, I left the house with just shorts, um, no shoes, no top and my GPS watch mm-hmm. and that's just, I felt so free and I'm running along the boardwalk past people, they've got glasses on, they've got caps, headphones in, thick soled shoes and I just feel like you're trying, you're fighting yourself, you, you're going to trying to find health but then you're still so disconnected mm-hmm. from the source of everything you're hiding from the sun you're hiding from the ground mm-hmm. and you're hiding from the noises around you of the, the ocean washing and it's like it's tough because they don't, people don't know better and it's i'm not trying to be judgmental but when you're running along and you've that freedom you know shirtless with the sun hitting you and everything and and just no shoes and you just feel powerful and that's the day after a marathon mm-hmm. and, and that's my first one and then you see people just disconnected from our, our roots every year i learn more about true happiness and this common theme is returning to nature you know mm. always man yeah. you know always for me yeah it's just that connection that you can make with the simplest things mm. imaginable and we're so used to just always you know programming our lives that how could we possibly go outside <laughs> unless we have all these accoutrements and you know mm. listen at least they're out you know 
walking around Venice. It's great. No, doors playing video absolutely. Games I'm not trying to say it, but it's just a weird one when you just see that. But yeah. I, I had three dollars in my pocket for a coconut. I knew where the stand was, <laughs> and when I'd finished my run, got a coconut, and I was, he uh-huh. caught me. I'd like coconut meat around my beard, kind of thing, just like <laughs> yeah. trying to scape it from the inside of my nails. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it nice. So when you were here, I think it was about a year when you were mm-hmm. you were here last. Um, you were flirting with the idea of getting into running, and yeah. but you hadn't quite started it yet. And you know, so now here you are. You've got a marathon under your belt. You're all about like running and endurance training. You're you know yeah. in Japan. You're waking up early and you're hit, you're hitting the streets and you're committed, man. So what is what is this like <sighs> aspect of your journey all about? I don't know what it, it, I just fell in love with. It. It's all I think about every day now. Mm-hmm. It's made it simplified my life even more. Of like, I just pack running shorts and it's the easiest it. thing to do. Yeah, wherever you yeah, are. exactly. A pack, of, but I have a pack of tra- trail shoes and some road shoes, and then barefoot. I run barefoot about a third of the time. But yeah, so in the beginning, I was at of this journey of the last six months to now. I was at Woodstock Fruit Festival, which was an unbelievable experience. That that place, and I'm going to the Hawaii one. Mm-hmm in two weeks which we'll talk about in a bit but that that place is special anyway so i'm eating fruit every day unlimited fruit watermelon and i was with fully raw christina mm-hmm. and every day they'd like run around the lake and i thought you know what i'm not a runner but I, let, today i'm gonna just that's my mission i'm gonna run around the lake however long it takes even if i have to walk i'm gonna do it and it's just under 10k round and uh so one day i managed to do it i just i plodded around it was incredibly slow talk about bit over an hour I think but made it round and um thought oh wow amazing and then ached a bit the next day and then the day after that I thought I'm gonna do it again but run in the inverse direction mm-hmm. and did that and felt, and felt good that was with no GPS watch no tracking nothing and it was more just this was my challenge this is where I'm at get around the lake do it and I did it and then I was in New York the week after and I thought I'll run to um, Central Park I was staying at my friends and I had a completely free morning mm-hmm. and I ran Central Park I was going, oh, I've never seen where John Lennon's got shot, uh, Strawberry Fields or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he got shot there, but that's the place where... Right, Mer- well, it's like right below the apartment building that he lived yeah, in. Yeah, okay. So I ran to that and I thought, why not run a little further? And this was in Vibrams, I think. And I, so I carried on running. I ended up running round the park. It was very, very slow. I didn't time it. Again, no GPS watch. And then um, ran home and I thought, wow, like... All I had to do was just get out, set the challenge of running around or to something and touching it and running home, and and it worked. And then I got home and I had a, I got given a Nike GPS watch years ago that I never used, and I thought, well, how about I play around with this thing? Mm-hmm. And that's when I got into the statistics of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and noticing your progressions. And I think I'd, my first five k for time was like twenty six minutes, and um, then and that took me. I was I was going out and doing like two and a half k fast, and then resting, and then two and a half k fast. Then I did my first 5K and did it kind of that. And then I was like, okay, cool. And then I discovered Strava. And that mm-hmm. was a whole other chapter. Because uh-huh. <laughs> the segment thing on that, uh-huh. which is, I mean, there's definitely a part of me that's competitive, but it, you know, tries to be, I think with numbers, it's, as I say, when it's comparing two art forms, I don't feel mm-hmm. that's nat- natural. But the segments, on, so the segments on Strava is people create popular routes. I don't know if you know this, but yes. for the viewers. Yeah. And, and I guess you bike riding and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you are the fastest time on that segment, you get the the CR on that the course or the KOM mm-hmm. King of KOM. the Mountain. Yeah, and that's like a friendly online leaderboard, but you're using a real life physical attribute to mm-hmm. get there. Which mm-hmm. for me, there's nothing more 
important. I think. And there's there's fun. community and accountability built into that, yeah. which makes it really fun. Yeah. I was a I was a very early adopter on Strava. I yeah, you're on not it. on it now, right? I've no, well, I'm on it, but I haven't been using it, yeah. and I'm about to get back on it, which I can tell you about. But yeah. but my experience was I got on really early on when it was just hardcores, you know, from at the mm-hmm. beginning, and it was yeah. super fun, and it was kind of still kind of small and a little bit unknown, mm-hmm. and and you know, and all the hills around here where I would ride, you like, were able to get the cable. Well, you could get you could get close. Like I'm not going to say I'm fast okay. enough to be able to do that. Um, and it was super fun to see because I knew the people that were you know Top, getting the yeah. yeah, and they would have challenges like um, they did a Santa Monica Mountains challenge where it was like who could get um, the highest score for like every single climb around here, and you had a month to do it. You know, wow. and like everyone rallied to it, and it was super cool. <laughs> But then it got to the point where, like, a lot of my training is very aerobic zone, like keeping mm-hmm. – I have to cap my heart rate or my watts oh, on the bike and, like, be yeah. controlled. And every time I hit an incline, like I'd be like, okay, remember, your watts aren't supposed to go over X and your heart rate's not supposed to go over, you know, 130. <laughs> and then I'm like, fuck it. But you it's, know, a, like, but it's I, a segment. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm going to upload this to Strava and people are going to see. I don't want them to think that I'm a wimp. Or And yeah. then I would do And then I'm like, this is screwing up my training. And I had to like wash my hands of it for a while yeah. so I could focus. Because that was when I was training for Ultraman in 2011. I was like, I need to do what I'm supposed to do right now. Yeah. And then I just never went back. But I'm, I'm going to get back on it just because it's fun and cool. So it definitely does that. It's certainly a, a battle. After my marathon, I literally ran every day. Last week I ran 70 miles and I ran the marathon on Sunday. And so from Monday to Sunday, again, I ran 70 miles. Mm-hmm. I averaged almost a half marathon a day for eight days. Wow, that's great. And, that, and this is within six months of running. And this is in, tra- I was in Oakland running the trails. I signed up for my first trail race. That was the weekend after the, the marathon. I came eighth out of about 170 people wow. on a half marathon. I don't know if you know David Roche, but oh, he it's a guy I follow on Strava. He's like a Nike trail runner. He won it and I, I managed to come eighth in that. And I was... Uh, that that was a whole nother that was the best run of my life like the wow. funnest run of my life uh-huh. I, I mean i'm sure you're around here i live in london where it's completely flat but to yeah. be running around redwoods up and down and uh-huh. then around single tracks flying down a hill switch back you know, down oh man I, that feeling was just something that's it's just took me now well yeah. it's analogous to probably what you experience when you're free running you know it's sort of like that just very natural you know functional movement of being free mm. it's 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 one of those that there are people that probably grew up running and they kind of got bored of that and maybe took to free running i kind of mm. grew up free running and i'm like i've done that i want a new thing that's fun and i remember when i was eight years no even younger than that six seven eight years old i was i'd win sports day every day every year like the the fast race uh-huh. i was the fastest kid in my school and then i got into f- soccer and then i got into breakdancing and parkour and my body type kind of changed from the breakdancing because i was maybe 15 to 18 i was doing a lot more upper body and i wasn't running as much mm-hmm. um but that was you know the, the for me the spiritual journey is the return to innocence and the return to youth and how we felt the angelic light state when we we're a kid and that's what I was born to do. I was a fast kid. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is like, I've gone full circle. You're coming back. Coming to back to what I was when I was a kid. And again, the things that have come along with that is my uh, libido has completely dropped. Like my, I don't know if there's something with that, but in a, in a pure way, in a positive way that it's like, um, I practice no fap. I don't know if you know that one, which is like no, mas- no masturbation. Right. Um, when did I'd, that come? Hold on a second. So, yeah. Right, so when did that come in? That's like part of the whole spiritual thing. You yeah, see the yeah. vegan thing, you see other things. And that's one that pops up, okay, like cold uh-huh. showers and no fat. So it's because it's supposed to empty your lower two chakras when you mm-hmm. have that release. And I don't, I'm still experimenting if it's like, if it's done in like, I don't know if sex empties your lower two chakras or if it's done in a pure way or if, or if it's, or if it's just masturbation or what. But anyway, so I did, did 
didn't do that okay on and off for a bit when mm. I had like competitions coming up and thing the Ninja Warrior I did it for a month and I had cold showers every day and I did well it seemed to work in that um but you never know what's related to what. There's only right. very, very, so that's why it's a constant life journey. But anyway, well, it's an it's it's sort of symbolic of just being committed. To yeah, it. that's true. That's a good point. Um, but anyway, since running, I've actually it's not even like there's been no desire to. There's been no. I'm just wake up. I want to run. I want to train. I want to hang with mates, and I can hang with females as well. And is there's less like that need that desire to have to impress a girl or need. Mm-hmm. To get something back, I don't know. It's just, it's really helped. Just, but I think part of that. Me. Don't you think part of that also is you know the more comfortable you are in your skin and mm. kind of like self assured about who you are, yeah. and running can play a part in that. I think it certainly has for me. Then that aspect of the ego becomes diminished. I, I think that's definitely a massive factor of it, and that, mm. and I think maybe the constant. Uh, bounce on your board on your, on your board every well, or they, adrenal fatigue real, adrenal yeah. fatigue yeah or that constant uh is like dissipates that energy that can get stored there because it can certainly control your brain when you give it time and you do that frequently it can take it can become where your mind kind of goes to right. when you stop that and then the mixture with it i don't know if it like yeah like the vibration mm-hmm. massages that control out of you kind of thing or what but right. i feel a lot just yeah just like i don't need I, don't, I feel like i'll never get married never have a girlfriend i love children but i don't know if i'll ever have a kid i, don't, I just like not saying i'm compl- i'm like celibate or like removing or anything mm-hmm. but just in a way that i'm content with nothing with, with not soul, needing that with, soul warrior yeah yeah well the uh the shakti is 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 moved from the root chakra which is kind of a lower vibrating place to be spiritually yeah. and elevating up Hopefully, more more towards the third eye. Yeah, that's it. And right. I've got this little necklace, this heart chakra necklace on. Uh huh. That's the heart. I like chakra. that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you're a big guy. You're 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 kind of a top heavy guy, but you've definitely leaned out since the last time I saw you. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, running, I'm sure, has played a part of that. I mean, how do you how do you kind of balance, um, you know, what running is doing to your body with maintaining, you know, the, the upper body strength that you need to do what you do as a free runner. I, I don't do anything in the way of maintaining. I just train what I want to train every day. Mm-hmm. And if my body changes, it changes. The biggest factor in my body size is, has always been diet. If I'm eating, I ate veggie grill like three times last week. And that's, you know, it's yeah. quite heavy vegan food. It's not the best. Mm-hmm. And that, and I stay size. I keep size. If I eat raw, I lose size. Even though I ran as much mm-hmm. as I ran last week, which is more than I've ever run in my life. And so many calories, supposedly, like any app will tell you, you burnt this many calories. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm no thinner for it because of what I ate. If I eat raw, then I lose weight. Leading up to the marathon, I'm going to the Woodstock Fruit Festival before it, and I'm going to be raw for like two or three weeks. So mm-hmm. I, I want to lose some size, right. and that'll be right after my UK Ninja Warrior. So I'm, I trained Ninja Warrior last week. I didn't. I'm not aiming to maintain, but I was training for that competition. Um, so I've definitely still got some size upper body. Then once that competition is done, I think I will then do no upper body down, and yeah. just eat fruit. But there's no real aim other than I'm enjoying running. I'm going to keep doing that. If I lose upper body, then so be it. But I definitely look in the mirror and I just see way more of a balance and connection mm-hmm. between my upper body and lower body. There'd be times when I'd go out and try and train and I'd feel like it would take me so long to warm up my legs to get that engine started. And since running, I think it's strengthened some core connection between my upper body and, and I guess sitting in chairs doesn't help. Mm-hmm. It kind of just shuts off your whole lower body, stops the blood flow kind of thing. 
And just since running it, it's just strengthened something between me. And I feel like one more fluid machine. And this is just the beginning. You know, I'm excited to just keep training and improving and noticing the progress. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so you're not super dogmatic about being 80-10-10 like all the time. No, I, I think that's definitely, I always say that's an optimum way. That's the way nature provides it. It doesn't provide massive amount of fats and it provides protein if you eat leafy greens. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Yeah, because there's a pretty big gap between the difference between you know veggie grill and eating a raw diet like the only thing in common that they have really is that there's no animal products in them but (laughs) you know veggie grill for people who are listening who don't know is a is is a i wouldn't call it fast food but it is sort of convenient Mm. food that's that it that's vegan but it's sort of um Mm. you know it's not exactly all you can have super healthy options there but usually when i go there i'm eating like the buffalo wings and and yeah like vegan mac and cheese it's like comfort yeah i mean that's a for me that's a mixture of my own weakness and at the same time i was out there with friends and none of my friends there were vegan but they were very open-minded people and you take them there they came there with me and they're like oh my like they just think we eat rabbit food man i always forget people Mm -hmm. think vegans just eat fruit and veg all day they don't realize that if you want to, you can eat exactly as you ate before, but without supporting the animal industry. Mm-hmm. And that's what Veggie Grill shows people. They go, oh, you can have this? You know, and then that yeah, helps. It actually tastes pretty good. Yeah. Like the chicken sandwich thing they have there is the ridiculous. The chicken is unbelievable. You know? <laughs> <laughs> how, how good the chicken does uh-huh. taste like. Yeah. But again, it is, as we always say, you know, vegan diet is about the simplicity and it's not about creating these replicas. But for people transitioning or showing them you know it's exciting yeah. that, that it exists yeah for sure i mean you know for me like i don't need a meat analog like i'm past that you know yeah, it's like absolutely. i don't i don't desire it like i've kind of you know evolved know that, away yeah. from that but you know i think it's you know it's important to understand that for a lot of people you know maybe even most people you have to provide some kind of alternative that provides a safe kind of welcome landing ground for people to then embark on their own journey for so for example I just, this past week, I put up um, my interview with Ethan Brown from Beyond Meat, and I know you went and just visited him at his headquarters, and I love what he's doing. You know, he's trying to innovate a new way of feeding the world that is not dependent upon industrialized animal agriculture. And he understands and implicitly recognizes that in order to do that in a mainstream way, you have to create a product that is equally delicious to a hamburger or a chicken strip. And that's his goal. And I put that up and, and, you know, the, the response to the, to our conversation is overwhelming, overwhelmingly, you know, amazingly positive, but you have the occasional person who's like, you know, why would you even want to create something that tastes like that? Like, that's not what, you know, being vegan is about. And it's like, you have to, if you really want change on a mass level, you have to meet people where they're at and provide and an alternative that is going to be accessible for yeah. them. And so when you eat that beast burger and you're like, wow, that tastes a lot like a hamburger, yeah. you know, for me, that's a little bit weird because I haven't had anything like that in so long, but that's how you're going to get people to, you know, get comfortable with doing something different than they always Right, have. protein on the box. That's what they need yeah. to do. That's what they <laughs> yeah, need to do. That's yeah. the biggest thing. People always mm-hmm. still to this day, you know, I'm, I've not wasted away in this, you know, it's only been two, three years, but I don't ever eat a meal where I feel I better get my protein in. Mm-hmm. And yet... Um, <laughs> It's never an issue. Yeah, you're ripped. Yeah, you're yeah. performing. You know, you're still you're you're excelling in two sports now. Yeah, you know, and that that makes you an amazing ambassador for this message. And I think that kind of brings up like the purpose of you know what it means to be an athlete um, who's advocating you know the point of view that that you carry. I mean, I know for me, I get up in front of groups of people all the time. I'm traveling all the time, and I get up and I I give these talks. But I also understand that 
you know, the talk is going to resonate with people um, because of the things that I've done with my body and that that has its place and it's important. So how do you like sort of, um, you know, kind of intuit that and carry the message? Yeah, I, I never really, for me, I don't try and say, look at me, I'm a good athlete on this diet. It's certainly a part of it. And with the marathon coming up, it may be something I want to prove to myself. Because mm-hmm. as you said, it's it's less variables. It's very uh, what was the word systematic or something. You said mm-hmm. that it's like you can document the progress. Yeah, you, yeah, you, know? you can track everything. You can track it. Um, I just try to appeal people because I'm a human. Because they're human as well. We're all humans. We all share this. Fe- like for me, being an athlete is secondary to trying to be peaceful. To try and you know live it in this kind of witness consciousness and try and take less from the earth. Cows exist and they just they'll eat grass and and they'll you know poop and and they're so they don't take much from the planet and we mm-hmm. exist in everything we do in trainers you know i've got a house and a car that i fly on planes which give out pollution i'm you know we're all kind of we're the monsters in a way and it's like if i've said this on the last time if bees or ants die out then we're, we're gone mm-hmm. but if we die out they're all they all thrive and it's trying to you know appeal to people on that level that we should really try to be show the appreciation for what we've got mm-hmm. and just animals don't deserve it you can do it for the environment you can do it for the, for your health but the most one of the most important is the absolute the victims of this whole thing are the animals and i, I think i need to go to a slaughterhouse or something because i'm a passionate vegan and i don't think i'm passionate enough when mm-hmm. i think about what they go through and why it's not it's so pointless it's not i mean it is part of our history but Mm-hmm. It's absolutely going to change. It's so I find it, it gets worse and worse. How did you find it? Because every few months I get to a new stage. I woke up at my friend's house, I was sleeping on the sofa, and his, the other people staying there were cooking bacon. And I woke up to that smell, and I had to go stand outside on the porch and just relax, like mm-hmm. breathe for a minute. Because I just think, if only they knew. These are nice, lovely people. If only they knew what they're supporting. That's a pig flesh and you know what was yesterday was like national puppy day and everyone's posting instagrams of of dogs and puppies and it's like what about pigs you know mm-hmm. we, we we think it's okay to eat fish because they're less intelligent or that we don't rate them as highly intelligent but pigs are more intelligent than mm-hmm. dogs mm-hmm. but you don't apply it in that situation you choose another reason to, you yeah know, i mean speciesism is a really bizarre <laughs> illogical thing you know it's like why is it like yeah we'll eat pigs but like if you the idea of eating a horse you know nobody you know i know certain parts mm-hmm. of the world they do that but like we would never do that here and it's bizarre how that works and i would say you know to your question of like how did it you know how is it for me i mean you know i got into it I got into this whole thing for selfish health reasons. Mm-hmm. That was my primary motivation. Mm-hmm. And on some level it was ego driven and you know, it evolves. It's like, it's, I'm in eight years of doing this now. And the way that I perceive it is far different than when it, when it began. And that's part of growing as a human, you know, it's like, we're here to grow, we're here to evolve and not to stay stagnant. And I think for me to just remain in a place where all I do is talk about like, you know, what kind of kale I'm eating, you know, I think that that would be a stunted, (laughs) you know, evolution. So it's incumbent upon me as a steward of this message to learn more and to educate myself and to translate that to, you know, whoever's interested in listening in a way that hopefully is illuminating to them. So, uh, you know, the idea of the impact of animal agriculture on the environment, you know, like through Cowspiracy and and those guys who are friends and I got involved in that movie because that got me super passionate about that aspect of it, which was something prior to seeing that movie I was not that aware of. What did they say? Three quarters of us claim to be environmentalists. In America or something like that, in mm-hmm. that, and yet if none of us actually, how many of us actually live? 
Right. Well, I mean, what does it mean to be an environmentalist, right? Like if you if you put your, your Diet Coke can in the recycling bin, does that make you an environmentalist? Like there's a spectrum of what that yeah. means, I think. Um, but I think if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you're you know environmentally aware or environmentally conscious, then it's important to really educate yourself about these systems, these massive systems that are in place, systemic to our culture, uh, that you know put food on our table. And to, if you can, the, the more you can understand what that entails, then the more uh, informed you are to make a better more conscious, sustainable solution for – you've got a fly landing on yeah. – you're such a peacenik, man. This fly is climbing all over your face, and I've yeah. noticed that you're like – you're 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 not swatting it away. Hey, you can share some salt right for him. I think he wants the salt <laughs> from my sweat. That's amazing. Share it. Um, Ecosystem to myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like right now in California, we're in this insane water crisis, right? They're, they're saying – But how many have, are they saying is animal agriculture have, based? Well, that's know? the thing. Like – we, they're saying we have one year of water left, and so everybody's panicked, like, don't take a shower and don't water your lawn. And it's so backwards and, ins- and insane because all the water is going towards animal agriculture. But no one's mm-hmm. saying, you know, reduce your meat intake. This is one way that we can collectively as a culture take a stand and, and try to preserve, you know, what little water we have Because that's left. what addiction does to people. <laughs> that is what addiction <laughs> yeah. does. To, they avoid talking about the one thing that is the biggest thing the it is biggest the tra- elephant in the room is the elephant in the room and watch cowspiracy if you're unsure because it shows mm-hmm. then it shows a vegan diet takes 18 times less land to, pr- to produce so you, you you know you're preserving plants you're preserving animals you're preserving water one one burger in that is like 660 gallons mm-hmm. i think yeah 660 of gallons of water to, to make produce one. one burger mm-hmm. and and there's some like 200 for a pint of uh milk or something like that you know and it's like little things like that where you can just drink water instead we're brought to you today by recovery.com i've been in recovery for a long time it's not hyperbolic to say that i owe everything good in my life to sobriety and it all began with treatment and experience that i had that quite literally saved my life And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple, search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. 
I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Yeah, so so it's an evolution. And like the latest thing for me now is really taking a hard look at my consumer choices outside of food, right? Yeah. So like the garments that I buy. Like I just had Joshua. Do you know Joshua Catcher? Uh, no, he's uh, got a blog called Discerning Brute, and he has an okay. immense fashion. Oh, line. yeah, yeah. And I think and, I've been uh, in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's cool. Uh, you should hook up with no, him. No, I did. I did an interview for the blog. Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah, yeah he's it. he's great. And and uh, I had him on the podcast, and he just kind of laid out like how how similar um, – how similar the garment industry is to the food industry when it really? comes to how we harvest animals to create garments to wear on our back, you know, and, and how can I be more conscious and aware about those choices? You know, yeah. like, you know, I'd buy a wool sweater and wouldn't think about it. Like, Oh, these, these, these animals are just getting a haircut. It's no big deal. And then when you actually look and see the process of what actually goes on to do that, yeah. like it makes me think twice about it. Is that something I really want to support? How can I better align my step. actions with my values? Yeah. I just, it is absolutely a huge, it, the next step and part of veganism they say is you know it's the whole shoe not buying leather and I don't I don't buy leather products and things like that I just think the one that's right in front of us is that what's on the plate three times right. three times a day but yeah when you get to the level and we've been doing it for several years then you start to look to the next thing the next thing but my my biggest question was to, to you was about how do you deal with other people around you eating meat because that's mm. what I'm oh, saying yeah, it's yeah. grown for me to, because we we hang out you obviously everyone's you spend time with lovely, nice people. Mm-hmm. We believe, I mean, we all believe we're nice and there's always things that are unmindful that we do, but to their kids, they're lovely, to their friends and family, and yet they're support, you know, they're putting this flesh in their mouth. And it's just something that's just grown and grown and I find it harder and harder. <laughs> but it's like, but I, you know, I went on a ski trip with Jamie Oliver and, and I'm around them and I'm the only vegan vegetarian there. And it's fine. Like, you know, there's certain scenarios, it's weird, and like maybe it come down to ego or something, but when I'll accept it and be like, they're just that's what, what people do that's the age we live in but then there's other moments when i'm with people and i get frustrated that they just don't see it that they're mm-hmm. just you know i mean i think you have to uh you know take the approach i mean first of all i mean to answer your question like i'm a homebody like i eat all you, my meals that's what i was gonna say yeah i hang helps, out with like it? my friends you know so mm-hmm. so i'm not around it that much it's mm-hmm. not like in my face all the time like if i was a single guy hanging out with my buddies and doing whatever i probably would be around it more um you know, and I, th- I think that the approach, but it's not that it's not around me, you know, like it is, of course, um, is to, the only approach I think is to stand in the light in non-judgment. You're, and just, you're right. And, and it's just hard mind your own house. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like mind your own house. And if someone's that... interested, they can come to you. But if you get into that mm. place, if you fall into that trap of getting preachy and judgmental, you're actually you're actually hurting the cause that you're. I trying think it to appears preachy and judgmental, and may, maybe maybe in, in a lot of times it is, but sometimes it's just you're trying to educate because it, 
once I learned better, once I knew better, I changed, man. And I expect that from, I expect other people, want, once they realize, if they really but knew what you, they were doing, they wouldn't do but it. But how do you respond to unsolicited advice about how you should live you're, your life? You're right. You know what I mean? And, and food, is very, right. yeah. <laughs> food is very yeah. emotionally charged. Like what if somebody mm-hmm. said, Tim, what are you doing with your life, man? Yeah. You, you need to get a job, man. Like, what yeah. do you, you know, like, don't yeah. you understand? Like, you're blowing it. And, yeah. you know, like, are you going to... You bite back, don't you? It makes you want to bite. Yeah, you get defensive. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah. So, but it's just because it affects others, and it's like, what's that quote about? It's one. Uh, it's one thing to stand by. You know, if you stand by and let evil be done to others, then you just it's just as bad. I can't remember. The, mm-hmm. There's a terrible version of that quote, but it's oh, right. kind of, like it's just like, sort of remaining silent. Remaining silent, you're just being is, complicit in the yeah, yeah in exactly. The, and right. I feel, like, and I went to dinner the other Cafe Gratitude the other day with uh, John Joseph. Ah, if you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good the friend book, of mine. Yeah. For pussies. I wrote the foreword to that book. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I like that guy. I like uh, the way he's he talks great. about it. He's great. And he yeah. doesn't mince words. And, and, exactly. uh, and he has... You and Gary Yorovsky, I love that. They're yeah, my kind of they're people. Very, you know? They're very yeah. unequivocal, mm. right? And, and that's how... That's, and that's the way that you communicate as well. Like that's you're how very, I'm coming. You're very to be. clear and you're very like, this, mm. is, this is what I see and this mm. is what I believe. Um, I think that that you know my evolution is probably pushing me more in that direction but i'm also very aware of of uh you know i'm always thinking like what's the best way to communicate the message to a mainstream audience and your audience is is entirely vegan no no listen i would say probably 70 percent of people maybe even 90 percent of the people that listen to this podcast are not plant-based they're Mm. not vegans right and they tune in for various reasons or whatever Mm. and and, you know, that's not the only thing that I talk about. I talk about all different kinds of yeah, life yeah. and spirituality. And as you know, yeah. it's like, you know, you do the same thing. Like there's more to life than the food we're eating, right? Yeah. That's, that's an important starting place and, and, a, and a way that we can, you know, begin the process of evolving and growing. But it's certainly not the be-all, end-all. But, but how, you know, what is an effective way to communicate, to, um, to make this lifestyle attractive and aspirational for people as opposed to off-putting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll calm down, yeah. or maybe I'll get. And I think there's well, I th- what I think I think there's 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 a place for everybody. There's a place for John Joseph. Like mm. John Joseph is not everybody's cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. people that like you know they just they can't they're not down with his way of talking. But mm-hmm. there's a whole other demographic that of the population. Yeah. He's the only guy they're going to hear. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think that that there's a there's you know Gary Yurovsky's voice is important and. Jamie Oliver's voice is super important too. And I think it's interesting that, you know, he's your friend and, and he is on some level supportive to the vegan movement, but he's also such a cultural icon that he serves a different demographic as well. And his mm-hmm. way of communicating a healthy message to the population is different from yours, yeah. right? And so how do you navigate that being friends with him? Yeah. You know, like that, when I put it out on Facebook, like, hey, do you have questions? Like yeah. some people are like, what's the deal with Jamie Oliver? Yeah. Is he trying to get him to be vegan? And we talked about this a little bit last time, like yeah. how you have a lot of respect for what he does, even though his message is not really the message, you know, it's not entirely consistent with what you're saying. I mean, he's got a bigger audience and more important message than any any of us he's yeah as i said it before i say it again he's one of the most loveliest people i've ever met one of the most spiritual people and down to earth that i've ever met without ever trying to be spiritual or looking into that realm he just mm-hmm. lives very mindfully but then he's got an empire built on, on the meat industry he's this week is actually he's doing meat free week it's mm-hmm. grown because he always does meat free mondays he says 30 percent of the content they put out 
is a vegan or vegetarian and as just I've seen in the last few months that's gone up and up and up and this week he's promoted meat free week so it's absolutely a growing trend with him I think it's definitely something that sits on his head and he thinks about it um and he's I did an interview with him that's on my YouTube. I don't know if you saw that. And mm-hmm. said, I did, on the ski lift. On the ski lift. And he says plant-based, you know, it's the future, it's plant-based. He even said that, words from his mouth. Right. Um, and he's just all about mindful eating and cutting down on the meat. And I just think it's only a matter of time once people do that to realizing that we don't need meat to mm-hmm. kill animals to survive. Right. Um, and uh, and I love that little, I'm glad that you were able to capture him there. And, and, and what was interesting about that is it corresponded to a period in time in which he was taking a lot of heat because he had recently, I don't know the specifics mm-hmm. of it, but he had recently sat down with Bill Gates yep. and Bill Gates is kind of under fire for being, I don't know if you could call it, it's not fair to say he's in bed with Monsanto, but he's very involved in kind of um, the advent of GMOs. Mm. And that's something I talked to Ethan Brown about because uh, Bill Gates is an investor in Beyond Meat. Yep. Um, you know, and so uh, the vegan community or certain aspects of the was, health community the were kind of like, yeah. yeah, the organic community is mm. ganging up on him saying, how could you possibly do this? Yeah. And this is something that we see kind of endemic uh, across um, all, you know, sort of circles of the wellness Venn diagram and particularly even within the vegan movement, there are these like factions, you know, it's like you go to the Woodstock Fruit Festival. Mm-hmm. Well, there, that's a pit of drama right now. There's a lot of people, <laughs> you know, bickering and, yeah. and fighting and a lot of strong personalities that yeah. are at odds with each other and, and, you know, trying to kind of navigate that and kind of stay above the fray and still put out mm-hmm. a positive message and not get caught in that trap of being, um, overly argumentative because I think when you do that you lose you lose the confidence and the trust of the the larger population at whole that's looking to you for a little mm. bit of guidance yeah I, I think what he does as he says in that interview is conversation you don't get changed without conversation and it's better that he's talking to Bill Gates than not than being opposed saying I don't like what you're doing it's like, okay because if anyone's going to help Bill Gates understand organic it's mm-hmm. Jamie and he's you know he's promoted it for years and whether, whether I mean that's not what he's trying to do but it's better that he talks to these people that he, as he says, that he talks to McDonald's, that he talks to to whoever. Like you know, we need we need change, and if we and that it's easy for us. And I, I'm as guilty as, as anyone. We we try and conflict and negate these other rivals or enemies or p- things we don't like, like McDonald's and that. But at the end of the day, the only way is that they exist. We have mm-hmm. to help them grow and help them see the light. And you're absolutely right when you say that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that idea of you can you can kind of adopt the John Joseph punk DIY approach, which mm. is like you know blow the system up, mm. or uh, you can choose to try to disrupt the system from within. Right? Yeah, and I like think that's McDonald's the only way that is not going away. So yeah. if Ethan Brown can get a Beyond Meat burger on the McDonald's menu, is that a bad thing or is that a win? You know what I mean? Exactly. And so it's a win. And, and, and if we, Jamie Oliver can influence, you know, the menu or the policies or, or mm-hmm. whatever at the highest level, then I think that's how we, you know, begin to catalyze change. Yeah, because, you know, we know the war on drugs isn't working. The war on anything doesn't work. It's about working with it and changing it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just another example, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so where are you taking all this? Like what's what's where's this evolution? You know, yeah. the Timothy Sheaf mission headed back to nature. I don't know. Sometimes you just, I just I'm going to Hawaii next month for the first time, and I think that could be quite an uh-huh. interesting experience for me. Um, that's definitely somewhere that's been on my list for years to go. Everything's just leading me back to nature. I'm more barefoot than ever. I'm, 
trying really? to go to go see Evan Rock and on yes. the Big Island and so, never come back. Exactly. So the, uh, there's <laughs> there's a thought that keeps popping into my head. Yeah, like I've got a little bit of money saved. What does it cost to just survive off the land out there? What do you mm-hmm. know? Um, but then I'm still excited to, with my running, so I'm like, okay, I'll maybe I, I do need to come to LA, but just somewhere where I can get into this OCR world, the obstacle course racing, because I'm enjoying enjoying my running so much. That's progressing fast, and if I, I can do the obstacles, that's the easy part for me. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other realm. It's a chapter. There's no pressure. Parkour. I've done everything. There's there's kind of to do within that. I'm taking a step back. I want to train it. But I don't want to have to film every day that I'm going out or have that pressure of people having expectations if I release a video, mm-hmm. what moves they want to see me doing or something. I want, to, I want a new chapter. I want to be a student again. I want to be, you know, enter a realm where people have no expectations on me and I can just surprise people and be an underdog or something, you know. It's, I'd like to do well, that. Well, the, the Spartan race thing, all this obstacle course racing that's blowing up, I mean, it's the mm. right place, right time for you. I mean, it is, yeah. you got you to get some speed work in, yeah. maybe less marathon running and more track workouts. But uh, After, after I, my could, marathon, I think, yeah. I can see you completely yeah. mastering this. Yeah. After my marathon, my aim is to get my uh, mile down. So mm. I'm just going to do track workout and work on a fast mile. And then, yeah, I mean, the only difference between me and them athletes is in the race I came I was like 31 minutes and first place was 28 or something like that three minutes behind right. only difference is they're running you know yeah. they can run 15, 16 minute 5k's mine's at 19 right now mm-hmm. so I'm just going to keep working on that and I'm an, you know my cousin is a phenomenal runner he's run a sub he's run a 14, 25k's run a sub 30, 10k mm. and you know that's in my genes I speak to him every day it's mm-hmm. like I just want to run every day I work on that and then come to the OCR world and there's no vegans representing in this world there's a mm-hmm. I, well there's a few I met one out there but it would be phenomenal to um to have you know show these people you know your Spartan races you're supposed to be Spartans wasn't it like the gladiators were vegan back in the day I yeah I think so, I think so um I, I don't know whether that's because they were basically slave labor and that's all mm-hmm. they fed them. Yeah. I don't know if it was that's by true. choice, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I have read that. Yeah, and just Spartans and we call ourselves warriors and things like that. And I just think, you know, warriors stand up for the innocent. The real heroes are the ones that are out there defending the innocent, the voiceless, whatever. When you know, when I'm on that, sh- I was on a, was on a cruise ship and everyone just pounding down, big buffet as much as you want, meat. Mm-hmm. just people pounding the meat pounding the meat and I'm there just getting massive plates of, of fruit I'm thinking if I, you know, if only they knew what's going on if there was a slaughterhouse on this boat and you'd have to go up and line up and stand outside and watch it and then get the food people ain't going to be eating the same way and then you know I mean they're phenomenal athletes I'm not going to say that's the one thing for me I'm not going to say vegans are better athletes I'm just saying you can you can be the same. That's not that's mm-hmm. not the factor. I don't think the diet is is the biggest factor. It's a factor, but it's not the biggest factor. It's your mindset, your attitude towards training, towards the event. Um, but yeah, I've, that's it for me. I'm going to head that direction. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that my impression of that OCR world is that um, much like CrossFit, there's mm-hmm. a really strong corollary paleo. with the paleo world mm-hmm. and the kind of you know primal aspect of diet and all of that. Like yeah. somehow they figured out some way of like you know <laughs> vertically integrating all of this into like one thing that's become this like really powerful movement. And I think a strong you know vegan voice in that would, that's somebody who's performing at a, at a high level in that world would be a powerful thing. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean. Uh, in six months, I could be doing something else. I'm enjoying rock climbing as well right now. But oh, yeah. I'm, I, I think if I've learned anything about life, it's that follow your you know, your emotions and 
sometimes I feel you feel lazy or like you you don't want to do something that you're expected to do or that you should be doing something. And it's not because you're lazy, it's because you've got no passion in it. I'm so, I feel like so switched on and so powerful and willing to learn when I'm passionate about something. But when I'm not, I just have no desire to do it. And this is just one thing where I've found such passion in it. And I'm going to chase that and chase that until I, until, you know, then I get face to face with it and I look in another direction and I see something else that I want and, I, mm-hmm. and it will lead me down a path. Like it's just something that I've learned is that follow your passion and it doesn't matter if the end of that rainbow might not be winning any, any OCRs, it might just be, I might suddenly end up on some other journey, some other goal, some expedition to the North Pole. Or you never know where you're going to end up, but then I'll just keep following that passion. I love it, man. Yeah. Are you still doing stuff with YouTube? Not at the moment. That that contract, uh, we only did a year on that. Uh-huh. Um, so I started to do my own vlogs. But then since my phone died on the cruise and I've, I've gone around, I've not filmed anything since that and I'm just enjoying it. I, you know, it, it's tough when you're trying to be present and in the moment and enjoy mm-hmm. the things you're doing and then you think, oh, maybe my audience... Because I get a good response on those vlogs. People yeah. love them. They like to see them. Um, but then it kills me and it stops me being in the moment and enjoying the food I'm enjoying and things. So I've stopped doing that. I'll try and do the, like the synchronicity video that I did, the interview with Jamie Oliver. I'll try mm-hmm. and just do the the one-off like flowing, talking ideas or interviews and less of the vlogs um, and just try and enjoy what I'm doing. But, yeah. yeah, there's always that um, that balance, right? When you're kind of trying to live your life transparently because you know people are interested and you want to share that and you yeah. feel like you have something to say. Um, versus just letting go of that and and being because it's like they're at odds with each other. They like you, you're stopping, odds. you're you're taking yourself out of the moment to talk about being in the moment. So it's inherently contradictory. It's, it's a constant struggle, isn't it? So uh, I, I don't know. Part of me, you'd, you'd like to just disappear from everything. I think everyone has that thought. Just delete everything and just see what life gives you. But then you think that's you know that's my current career is within. And I get a lot of offers for like free stuff or little paid things mm-hmm. to you know instagram or share or promote this and that and i just can't do it man mm-hmm. i lost i had a backpack sponsor that i lost because i was contracted to two instagrams a month i did one in about two years because you can't just put a backpack in a photo no. and it's like that's not my current stream of mm-hmm. photos and it's I, I try to keep that integrity and so it's hard to have integrity at that kind of level and then promote so i have to like something like strava I love it. Mm-hmm. I can talk about it. I can promote it. And there's a genuine appreciation for that. And then fruit, I can promote it, but there's no, there's no money in <laughs> fruit or something like that. But, yeah. you know, and, but it's pure. It's, it's tough to, to find that relationship with a company that's like, and I've not got anything with Strava, but I'd love to just if anyone's yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, so. actually, uh, there, there is a, there's, there are some Strava people that listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. Cool. I'll share that with you afterwards. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I get approached similarly and, and I kind of look at it like, well, these brands, they just, most of them, it's a super cheap way for them to get exposure. And a lot of people like to feel like they're supported by a company. So they'll just do it willingly. And it's just not worth it to me. You know, exactly. it's like, what's more valuable, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want the content that I'm being, that I'm putting out being dictated by you know, an external force. And it shows, and then your audience will respond to that, and your, ch- your audience would change to one that responds to that. But I think mm-hmm. that my audience, really, that they wouldn't. And it's not that I do anything for my audience. It truly, like, my audience is just a reflection of my own mm-hmm. inner conscience, I guess. And it's like the people that respond to you are the ones when you're most open, that, and then you get every, you get people that support you, and then you get people that ask you questions. Like, someone slated me for flying on planes the other day. And mm-hmm. it's a good question, you know, like you promote vegan mindfulness all this stuff but then you still 
supporting something and traveling, but yeah. I mean, how do you, yeah, how do you, <laughs> how do you navigate like that kind of, when you get that kind of feedback? I mean, I didn't respond, but it's, you know, it makes the question in your head because you want to react, you want a smart answer, you want, but the truth is, it's, he's got a valid point. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, I'm, I claim this, I drive a car and it hits flies when I'm driving on the freeway. Mm-hmm. What's, where's the line? But then the only answer I come up with in my head, you find a validation for anything if you look look hard enough. But it's the the age we live. You have to kind of live in the age that you live in. This is the times mm-hmm. now. We have cars. We have planes. Um, the biggest. What's the biggest issue? And then focus my energy on that. And I just think that is it is um, eating animals for food. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's you know how can you live more sustainably? Not you know how can you live with an absolute zero Im- you know impact whatsoever i mean if you pay taxes your that money's going to support things you probably you know supporting the meat industry <laughs> when you pay taxes right. like, it's crazy you know this is like you said this is the, the world that we live in so how can we you know live better and put out a healthier message mm-hmm. and 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 you know with implicitly accepting that none of us is perfect yeah can I just switch it up real quick? Yeah. Do you know Marianne Williamson? Yes. I went to one of her talks the other day. Uh-huh. What a phenomenal woman. Yeah, she's incredible. Well, she, when she was running for Congress last year, I went to a couple of her talks. Yeah. And she was around Malibu, and she's 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 a powerful chick. She's spot on. Like, uh-huh. all her talks. And I need to read her Course in Miracles, I think is one of her books. But mm-hmm. I was super impressed with her. Is she plant-based? I think I heard she's plant-based. Uh, I'm not sure about that. It doesn't matter. Know. She's yeah. got a positive message, like a yeah, massively yeah, yeah. positive Where did you message. hear her talk? It was in Santa Monica. Like mm-hmm. two, she, every Monday she does a talk, I think, and mm-hmm. you go along and it was... What was the theme of the one you heard? Um, about when you're about to go to meet someone or a meeting. It's about having no agenda for any relationships, just always being present, and about when you're going to meet people, like sending a positive energy towards them, say, I hope they're in, you know, in a loving state, or I don't know, just kind of sending love to people before you go into those scenarios because mm-hmm. you create the path before you're there. You're kind of on it and... It, yeah, just but I cannot sum it up in the way she does because she's got some amazing quotes, uh-huh. hasn't she? If you don't know who she is, just Google Marianne Williamson and, and the word quotes, and then mm-hmm. just re- I love doing that with some people sometimes, just skimming yeah. through some quotes. You can subscribe to her newsletter too, and you get this cool oh, like yeah. email once in a while with some powerful stuff in it. She's a really a good channel kind of thing. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, when she was pursuing government, you know, I'm like, how does that work? You know, like she's this sort of spiritual leader. Taking poli- uh, money out of politics is a big message. Yeah, money out. and I went to a couple of her yeah. kind of fundraiser campaign events and it was like, wow, you know, if she actually like the idea that she could potentially like win a seat was like so radical, you yes. know, and she had support from a lot of people. Ultimately, she didn't win. But, you know, her idea of it goes back to that thing of like, disrupting from within right it's a matter like, of time i yeah. think before someone like her russell brand like breaks mm-hmm. through and and enough people start to hear the message because the, i see so much truth in that message and it's just once it breaks through a few more people once a few more people are more open-minded and and see it as any amount of time before someone like her you know taking money out of politics everyone agrees with that message but mm-hmm. then if they don't agree with someone else that they say they've just tried to play the safe road and support someone that's already you know republican or i don't know what it is but mm-hmm. yeah yeah, well, I think that the internet age is demanding um, that kind of that level of transparency and accountability that's kind of unprecedented, you know, and that really shakes the system up. You know, young people, they demand to know what's going on, whether it's with the corporation that's providing the product that they're buying or their government or what have you. And this is new, you know what I mean? It used to be. Mm-hmm. 
you know, whether you're a corporate entity or, you know, a government organization, you could kind of operate with impunity. But now when you have Edward Snowden's and you have Russell Brand's and people like that, there's an expectation that 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 doesn't fly anymore. Yeah, bring JFK back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the last one we had, right? That, uh, yeah, that yeah. I mean, not, be... yeah, not perfect. But I think, you know, young people are like, they're not going to tolerate it. You know, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how it evolves. Yeah, I think we'll see in our lifetime. I think it's the next 10, 15 years, you'll get people like Marion Williams. I'd love a matriarchal society. Um, Hillary Clinton, is she running? Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, vegan, she's right? Running. He's like. Not anymore. Is he not? Okay. No, I think he's, but, uh, he's moved a little bit in a different direction. Has he? But he was, I heard he was promoting it quite a lot, man. He was, yeah. yeah. He was. He was. Um, but at least I mean, I think he's still people. predominantly yeah. eats that way, but that's, it's sort of like. That's you know. it. They have an understanding of it. So mm-hmm. if someone like her was in power, I think. At least it'd be it, they'd, they've overcome the addiction to a certain level where it's like they understand if they see cowspiracy or something. I just don't get why something like that when we see the environmental impacts. I don't know. I could go on about it for days, but it's only a matter of time anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, cowspiracy really hasn't. Most people haven't seen it yet because it really hasn't gotten mainstream distribution yet, and that's changing. There's some things developing with that movie right now, and my hope is that you know a lot of people are going to be seeing it pretty soon. So that's exciting, and we need more stuff like that. Those guys are um, Kip and Keegan, the guys that make Cowspiracy. They're already like halfway done with their next movie. Are they really? Yeah, like they're, this one's going to be more um, health oriented. And I gotta, I gotta hook you up with the, with those guys. San Francisco, they, right? Um, yeah, they're in the Bay Area. Cool. They're going to be back down here. And are you coming back to the states? When are you going back? So I'm going back in like two or three days, and I'm coming back uh, for the Hawaii Fruit Festival, right. In April, and I'm staying in LA for a few days before and after. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys should interview you, man. Have you had any communication with them? No. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hook yeah. that up. I like the people they interview, that they get some cool people on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the guy from Beyond Eggs, I forget his name. Josh, Josh Tetrick. Josh, yeah. yeah. So I like, I like the way he talks. He's cool mm-hmm. as well. Very cool. And what they're doing there is amazing. I went and visited their facility up in San Francisco. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like one big room Yeah, where there's just like a big table where all the young people are on laptops doing whatever they're doing. And then a bunch of long stainless steel tables where mm-hmm. you have the scientists who are like looking through microscopes and playing with plant proteins. And then you have chefs that are making like omelets right next to them and taste testing everything. And it's like all happening in just one big room, like a startup, you know, like a tech startup. It's, it's amazing. Super cool. Yeah. They do a great job. And it's, it's cool. And when I visited the Beyond Meat HQ, and it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of it seems like a smaller version of that where there's just scientists and people yeah, yeah, cooking yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, you have like it's these exciting. science genius guys. And then you have the yeah. extruder thing that actually makes the burgers. You know, oh, did yeah. you see that big like Oh, that shoots machine? it out. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. That was cool. It's pretty cool. Well, I want to know, uh, we should probably do a couple questions from some of the people that, yeah, that reached out on Twitter and Facebook. And one of the ones that I thought would be a good thing to talk about is <clears throat> is what your um, kind of morning routine is. You know, I know that like yoga and meditation have now become more important to you and, mm-hmm. and running, et cetera. So like, what does it look like when you wake up like the first hour of your day? Yeah. Uh, drink a lot of water, sometimes lemon and uh, Himalayan pink salt water in that. Uh I try and get the running early if I can. It's nice when you get your run out of the way and then the rest mm-hmm. of the day you're kind of just vibing or yoga. Um, yeah, I, I try and stretch in the morning. What's it? It's so good because I travel so much and you can mm-hmm. have such a good routine, go away for two weeks, come back and you forget where you were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, drink water, eat raw as much as I can in the morning. Maybe you have half a watermelon or a couple of mangoes. 
and fruit's so good, man. I just, it's unbelievable. You know, when you've just done yoga or something and you have a coconut water and some watermelon or something and you're like, you're in such a clear state of mind and that's what you want to eat. That's how you know it's kind of just the most natural thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do that, run. There's no, there's no routine. I'm sorry, I can't yeah, give yeah, a yeah. clear answer on that. No, but, like, yeah. uh, like I do this meditation program, or okay. like I journal, or I, you know, I like I, I have this quiet, like, sort of um, habit that I like to do. Not, it's, it's no, there's nothing at the moment because mm -hmm. there's, um, I travel, I travel, and it just, I lose my routine. As long as I run right. almost every day, that's kind of the one pin in my day. The coolest thing about running when you're traveling is when you go to a new city yeah. and you wake up early in the morning and then just go out and run and explore and like with no, like you don't know where you're going. You just, I just let it like show me where it wants to take me. That's yeah. like the best way to see a new place. It's, it's been an amazing thing having running and being able to take that with me traveling like an extra thing you do. Yeah. It's uh -huh. just, it makes, I've got one of the most diverse things on Strava, I think for tra travel. Yeah. I've got <laughs> CR, I've got like CR KOMs. In all like over the really world bizarre yeah places. i got one in um if anyone wants to try and beat it runyon canyon it's like a 500 meter downhill section oh really i just i run i do run in all the time i okay. usually do it wednesday afternoons yeah, because i have a standing thing that i do there yeah. in that area at night but yeah. that's a great i do i do hill repeats all the way from the yeah, bottom so of the there's top. one called devil's devil's stairs or something but i've got the mm -hmm. top of that segment i have about 400 people on the way down um, so someone take that from me. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. I know exactly what you're talking about because all those steps going down. The like, big, there's big wooden planks and they're yeah. about yeah, a couple of meters apart, everyone. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I go down that, but I go down slow. Okay. But I'm focusing on on, on, on doing the up. Fast up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Fast up, but yeah. that's a great place to go and people watch too. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah, I don't know when what time of day you did it, but you know, you go like middle of the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's one thing. Yeah. What books are you reading right now that you're books. into? Um, so I want to get that Marion Williamson book. The mm -hmm. books I'm reading a lot of running books because, and someone actually pointed this out to me. I was reading a lot of female energy books, like spiritual ones. There's one called um, about our, our breath. Kind of oh, what was it called? It's about a relationship with breath and how the first trauma in our life is the moment we're born and we take our own first breath because before that everything's provided for us. Mm -hmm. We're in the womb and we don't have to do anything. Then the moment we come out and we take our first breath is, is like a, it causes a trauma that lasts throughout a whole lifetime, and that we have to try and re, rebuild this relationship with our breath. It's called it was about rebirthing, mm -hmm. um, which is a practice I'd never heard of before. And I don't really know if, how big that still exists, but I think yoga and all these things kind of. Or and even running is a building your relationship to breath, breath back and building that comfort. You're not scared to be out of breath because you know that everything's going to be all right. And it's, that was very interesting. But again, as as someone pointed out, it was very female energy. And so I went back and I read I read Born to Run. Um, mm -hmm. I just read Scott Jurek's Eat and Run, mm -hmm. which was so inspiring. Mm -hmm. And these are like kind of more in alignment. I read them so fast because of how and I'm just finished in one called Running by Feel. Mm -hmm. And then I want to read your um, Finding Ultra mm -hmm. and Brendan Brazier's book Thrive, as well. Thrive, yeah. Thrive, yeah. So those are like two of my next ones on my running um, right, right, right. endurance schedule because I want to start doing ultra marathons and everything. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It's the evolution, man. I don't know if it's the vegan diet or the spiritual <laughs> journey. I don't know what's led me there. But it well, seems what's like going to happen is you're going to go to Hawaii for the fruit festival yeah. and you're going you're gonna to connect with Michael Arnstein and then you're going to be I've all I've got a lot of it, questions you know? for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just uh, won the Hurt 100. He was basically he said he retired. Didn't, he said he didn't want to do it anymore. No, he didn't. He's like, I retired. I'm not really training. Yeah, I'm just I, trying to enjoy my kids. And then like on a whim, he, he ran the Hurt 100, which oh, is 
one of the most challenging ultra endurance runners. I saw his video from a few years ago and he said he'd never do it again. Yeah. And, and, all, and he said he retired and he just won it now. Yeah, he just won it. I, I, don't, I mean, I think he's doing a tiny fraction of the training that he was when, you know, he was. He was running 60 mile days sometimes. He said he'd run 20 miles to work, 20 miles on lunch, and 20 miles home some days. And before. In Hawaii? In before, no, no, yeah. Before, before when he was yeah. living in New York. And yeah. now he's barely training. And right. Maybe that's the happiness. Maybe that's the fruit. Maybe that's the sunshine. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. That's though. very interesting. I've got a lot of questions. Even more questions for him now. Right. Than that. That'll be cool, man. Um, <clears throat> what else? Oh, um, have you read? So, uh, have you read uh, autobiography of a yogi? No, but oh, dude, that, you read that's that. popped up a few times. I've read I, it like four times. You yeah. have to read that. What's the guy's name? We it? have a whole library upstairs. I'll go show you. After okay. This. Yeah. Julie's got. Julie is like the master of the spiritual library. Of those books. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm well up for a spiritual book right now. Uh-huh. I've read a lot of reading books, so I'm mm-hmm. mixed up for a bit. Um, I, th- I probably said them last time. I don't know if we talked about books, but Celestine Prophecy is one of the biggest books. Mm-hmm. I read Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, the Essene Gospel of Peace or the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's mm-hmm. I always say that's the, the most important book I ever read and I want to reread that. It's only 60-odd pages, but it's just some really powerful words, supposedly from Jesus, removed from the Bible by priests because it talks on uh, raw foodism, fasting, only eating twice a day, um, fasting on Sunday. Yeah, fasting on Sundays. Um, talks about enemas in that even. Mm-hmm. It talks wow. about earthing, like standing barefoot in dirt and all these different things that right. now are coming up from different sources. He spoke about it back then, but they removed it because it wasn't in alignment with what the, a lot of people say the Bible is things they left in were to do with making money for the church. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Not, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love religions. I find them fascinating, mm-hmm. but I just think that you've got to find your own relationship with God through yourself, you know, mm-hmm. through your conscience, through, through things and not listen to, a book to guide you that's just that's what it is a guide but it's not the definitive thing it's yeah understanding your own emotions and feelings and about things and conscience and following that mm-hmm. so I love it man yeah that's you know. cool I think that's a good place to end it but I got one more question for yeah. you because I think that that this is something that that you know people are interested in um, that they can take away from this, which is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm interested in eating healthy, but like, you know, I'm traveling, I'm on the road all the time. It's just, I just can't yeah. do it. And you're traveling like crazy. Yeah. And it seems to me that, you know, your approach to food and diet is not like, oh, I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're kind of just <laughs> grazing throughout the day. And I, that's the direction that I've moved into. It's less about like mealtime. And because I have kids and family, like, you know, the dinner is a big thing and mm. we have ceremony around that. But kind of left to my own devices. I don't really think about meals. I'm just kind of like trying to keep my energy high throughout the day by just eating little stuff. And so how do you like navigate travel and airports and all of that where, you know, you're kind of in these, um, in these, uh, you know, nutritional deserts, so to speak. Absolutely. It's unbelievable, isn't it? When you yeah. walk through airports, especially in America and you see just the amount of different, but equally bad fast food and, and all them. Um, I eat a lot. When I travel, I think you go into this survival mode kind of mm-hmm. thing where you just feel like hungry all the time. So I'll either just pack, buy like bags of, of like vegan bars or date, date uh, some vegan protein. But I've got these protein bars, not for the protein, but because I was in Whole Foods and the guy, um, you know, they give the samples out in Whole Foods mm-hmm. and you try them, turn out to be a vegan thing. So I decided to support that. I bought loads of them. So I've been traveling with loads of them in my bag recently. I'll just snack whenever. But I just buy... Um, Loads of food, have it in my bag all the time, and I'll just snack throughout the day. If I see a, a shop with, like, a fruit pot, I'll buy a fruit pot and just eat that. Yeah, I mm. never try and... 
uh, yeah, meal times have completely gone out the window. Dinner, dinner kind of lasts, and I'll try and plan that, especially when I'm in LA. There's so many good restaurants. Have right a, a few friends that I'll go to dinner with, but throughout the day there is no meal plan. Just eat fruit anytime I want, mm-hmm. and then eat some snacks, some like flapjack type bars or OT things or or whatever. But absolutely, yeah. Traveling and and eat, I'm glad you said that that you're on that journey. Yeah, grazing in nature, animals just graze. They don't mm-hmm. have meal times do they and if you can some days i'll go throughout the whole morning and most afternoon without eating because sometimes i only if i eat in the morning then i'll be hungry throughout the day and i'll graze throughout the day but Mm -hmm. i feel like it's a trigger once you eat then you start to feel hungry but if you don't eat Mm -hmm. you're okay not eating i've noticed that that i eat less than i used to when you travel or no just in general okay you know like i i eat less especially like the first half of the day yeah like i just you know, I don't know. My energy's pretty good. I'll go out and I'll That's go good. running, and sometimes I have to rem- remind myself to eat afterwards. Like I don't feel hungry, and That's I amazing. just feel you know my energy's good. And I think the part of that is just yeah, breath. That, that's the next evolution, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've... But I think as you become, you know, like the training I'm doing isn't super intense. It's pretty much aerobic zone stuff. So if you're in you know, a good state and you're happy, I don't think you need yeah. to eat as much. I think often these desires for food come with some kind of dissatisfaction or or addiction i've definitely got an addiction to food but mm-hmm. in a but i've turned that into a positive and it's helped me promote a positive lifestyle being vegan because if i if i was not asked about food either way mm-hmm. then maybe i wouldn't be so passionate about promoting lifestyle but because i really am like into food then it makes me passionate if we're going to do it guys let's do it in a mindful way right and then maybe that will fade as i get into running and it will just be a bit like, like you say i just eat on occasion because there's so much other things that help us recover that give us energy throughout the day that's not food related mm-hmm. i don't i really firmly believe that you know how much sunlight you get in if you're barefoot in the ground you get energy from and so many people probably hating right now thinking there's some <laughs> yeah. pseudoscience I, there's there's uh, i don't know dude yeah. i got the i got the guest house in topanga ready for you to move into <laughs> everyone will agree with you yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know. We yeah, can I mean, talk listen, about that. We yeah, yeah. About. I mean, listen, you know, like, like what you're putting out, like, you, you know, we're in LA, man. You mm-hmm. know, like people are, you know, people are kind of on that wavelength in yeah. general. But, but I, I, I would I imagine speak from experience, though. I'm not speaking because it sounds good or sounds yeah, happy or spiritual. But I would imagine this is from experience. Yeah. In London, it probably gets a different reception. When yeah. you start talking about yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but I only really hang around with people that are kind of on that tip already now. <laughs> yeah, but if if I was like openly just... I walk, I catch the tube barefoot in London. Do you? Yeah, man, I get some looks. I'm but I sure, like to open man. people's eyes, like make people think, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking but, of like, you know, being naked in public, mm-hmm. like what was that oh. like doing the doing that photography project? That was a fun project, yeah. I mean, you were literally like running the streets of London... Naked, naked and hanging off buildings completely naked. Yeah, yeah. That was beautiful. Like, How did that all that? work? So, I guess what would they the say? photographs are Naked parkour yeah. on uh, Google and you see the images. I, I was so happy with how the images came out. They're beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah, the, um, my friend, he's actually just got to LA yesterday, Jason, Jason Paul. Jason Paul, yeah. He took the photos. Um, great photographer and a great, incredible free runner. But yeah, we did, decided to do a project. We were in Santorini. Uh, let's do a photo shoot. And then ended up suddenly, next thing you know, I'm naked because it it looks better with the Greek background, kind of mm-hmm. like Greek landscape. And then we're in Hong Kong together and we thought, let's get a few more while we can. And they came out good and we thought, he thought, let's finish the project. I'll come to London and we'll shoot a few more. Mm-hmm. And he came to London and, and that just seemed like none of the others were anywhere near kind of the level that the London ones were. We got maybe 20, 25 good photos. We decided to release 10. 
um, on yeah London landscape, just completely naked, hanging from the tops of buildings above you know Oxford, Oxford Street, and no one looked up, no police. So you didn't have so any problems. No with... problems whatsoever. No, we got away with the whole thing. We did it quite. I mean, it's a good job. We're quite, quite, quite tact, and just in general, people just don't look up. It makes you realise right. when you're hanging for like thirty <laughs> seconds to a minute from the top of a building above streets filled with people walking back and forth they don't look up that's that's on them you know they miss out so yeah next time you're walking down a busy street look have a look around Uh as free runners we always look up and if if anyone does look up it's always a kid first because they're more open-minded but adults are so channeled into where the destination is Mm -hmm. and they they forget to explore their environment and so are those still up for sale yeah by prints i think some of it goes to charity right like jamie yeah to jamie yeah because he helps support it so much and he has a really good foundation um for troubled teens to help them get into cooking he's got a 15 project um so yeah we decided to give some of the the proceeds to him and we sell them it's beautifulcrime.com mm-hmm. is what we said and i think beautiful crime is the perfect the perfect name for uh you know combination with right. what our project was because technically i guess it's illegal to be naked but we didn't get in any trouble from anyone i think everyone the the thought of those photos is like what that's weird but when people actually see them the response mm-hmm. has been unbelievable from people mm-hmm. that actually like them and was it, was it the Daily Mail that picked it up and like blew it up right? Daily Mail like, picked it up I did interviews on Australian TV show Russian TV, Russian news shows wow. and everything so it went worldwide even in America, I think Huffington Post may have posted it and mm-hmm. everything this we were, we were astounded with how well it did and we yeah we sold it's limited edition prints so there's only a set amount of each ones in the most of them have gone now, but we sell A1, A2, and A3. And yeah, it was so stoked. And it just makes you think, you know, because nudity doesn't have to be sexual. And then when people see that, they realize that, you know, mm-hmm. at, around that time when we did that, there was a lot of press about Kim Kardashian's bum with that champagne photo. Mm-hmm. And that being <laughs> yeah. Pop- yeah. And it's like yeah. the contrast of two naked bodies, and one is, you know, that's the modern, what's popular this day and age. And then this is, we're trying to be more classical with it. Yeah, well, what's the intention behind it? You know what yeah. I mean? Like there was, a, there was a beautiful, you know, poetic, artistic expression and intention behind what you guys were trying to do. And you've more than fulfilled that. Like the, the, the images you. are beautiful for people that are listening. Yeah, definitely check them out. They're yeah, cool. and so we're, we're working on that. We want to work on our next project now. Mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah, dangling off bridges and Hawaii fruit is my uh, current theme board. Yeah, you might not come back. Yeah, I could see you shacking up with Evan, and that's going to be that. Mm. Eating that durian, <laughs> I can't wait to eat some durian. It's been yeah. months since I've eaten durian. Ah, <laughs> uh, you fruitarian! Man. You just get a little too excited about fruit. You saw my eyes then. I literally yeah. haven't had durian in months, and I'm so excited. That's addiction uh-huh. right there. Durian is a very interesting food. You know, it has that creamy kind of like custard-like taste. It's definitely an acquired taste. But once you kind of tap into it, then it becomes like a thing, It's one of the few fats. I always think in nature, what, you've got avocado, coconut, and nuts. Mm -hmm. And what, then durian. That's about it. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's not much. So So, that's why we should eat low-fat diet, I think. I think so. I think you're right, man. Well, I think we did it, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me back, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it was great to uh, connect with you again, man. You're a beautiful soul. I wish you much love, and uh, you're welcome here anytime, man. Thanks, man. Thanks to all, all the viewers that listened to the end yeah, <laughs> as yeah. well, man. I know I go off on some on some rants on this, but you know I appreciate it. And anyone that tweets me that's out running, jogging, uh, yeah, cycling, listening to these podcasts is wicked. Keep yeah, supporting man. Rich. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. So if you're digging on... Timothy, the best way to connect with him is on Instagram. Timothy yeah, I, I enjoy that outlet more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, Timothy Sheaf. And then you're on Twitter too. Tim I'm on Sheaf. Twitter. I don't use it as much. Yeah. And then Facebook is Tim Livewire Sheaf, official. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then my website, spiritoftim.com. There's a few right. things on there. But, but Instagram's Instagram's my absolute jam. jam. Oh, Strava. Well, right and now. Your, yeah, Strava. <laughs> Strava's and, jam. Uh, and your YouTube channel, too. When I unlock my phone, Strava's normally the first thing I <laughs> open these days. Good deal. It's inspiring, though. You see someone else has been out for a run. You go, oh, my, you know, someone's been for a run. Out. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go for one now as well. Kind of so. Right, good. Yeah, yeah and awesome, YouTube. Man. Cool. Cool. All right. Peace. Peace. Plants. All right, you guys, that's it. I hope you found that interesting, compelling, expansive, and I hope you had some good takeaways, some things that you can incorporate into your own life, things that Timothy shared that will be helpful to you in your journey. A couple things. The Plant Power Way is out. We're very excited about it. If you're interested in checking it out, I would suggest a great way to do that is, of course, you can always go to Amazon, and it's super cheap right there. It's like 23 bucks, and that's all good. You'll get it delivered to you really quickly and all of that. But I also think it's important to support your local independent bookseller. So if you've got a groovy little independent bookstore in your area, maybe go over there and engage the owner or the shopkeeper there and say, hey, I'm interested in this book. Do you have it? Um, and buy it that way because I think it's important to support our local communities in that way. And I also think that it's important to support our libraries. A great way to support this book and your local libraries is go in and say, hey, I'm interested in the Plant Power Way. Do you guys have it? If they don't, um, they'll place an order for it. And that way it'll be available for all kinds of people um, who might not be able to afford it or might not have heard of it or don't listen to the podcast. And generally, libraries are very receptive. When somebody from the community comes in and says they're interested in a book, they typically order it. So that's just another good idea to plant in your brain. Keep sending me the questions for future Q&A podcasts to info at richroll.com. Um, we're going to continue along that path and be offering up more and more of those. Uh, for all the information, education, products, tools, resources, and inspiration you need to take your health, wellness, fitness, and self-actualization to the next level, go to richroll.com, peruse our nutrition products, our educational products, and yes, our garments all made with 100% organic cotton. If you like online courses, I got two of those at mindbodygreen.com, The Ultimate Guide to Plant-Based Nutrition, and also The Art of Living with Purpose. One's about eating, diet, and lifestyle, and the other one is also about lifestyle, but more in the context of goal setting, doing the internal work to kind of reset your life path and trajectory. If you like the podcast, please give us a review on iTunes. Pick up the free app to listen to episodes older than the most recent 50 you see on iTunes and keep supporting the show. Tell your friends, use the Amazon banner ad, and share it on social media. Thanks, you guys. I will see you in a couple days. Peace. Plants. Yeah.